Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular, but not just any episode. We are back, folks. Um, welcome to the return episode of the Weekly Regular. Um, and I am uh, Asan, as always, uh, joining you to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. But I am also joined by not just a friend, not just a good friend, not just a best friend, but uh, one of the new co-hosts of the Weekly Regular. Give it up for my man, Derek. Derek Nickel. How you doing, Derek? Hey, we're back, baby. We are back. We are back. I got so excited last night when I went to go see uh, tonight's what we're the topic we're going to be talking to about today. Yeah. Holy cow! I was like, I was watching it, and then halfway through, it hit me, and I'm like, I get to talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, it's a, it's an honor to have you back on on the show. It's an um, honor to be here. Yeah. Um, we we've been um, you know I I've been over the we've been on a hiatus from the show I've been taking some time um, while focusing my energies in some other places some other podcasts and stuff like that I took an opportunity to kind of like you know retool the show a little bit um, and I'm glad to have you be uh, part of the show in a bit greater capacity and get you on more episodes and talk about more stuff and yeah I'm excited about it man thank you for being willing to be a part oh it's my pleasure. <laughs> like back way back when, when you initially asked me to like guest on your show, back when um, it, you and Brandon were both on it, uh -huh. I got so excited and I haven't left the momentum since. Every single time you're like, you want to record them? Like I get this little zip of like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll uh, we don't have to get too much into like the logistics of the show right now, but um, yeah, um, yeah, glad you're here. I'm glad to get caught up on some stuff. Uh, and we are here primarily to talk about the Batman, which we will talk about. Um, but as always, um, we start off by talking about how our weeks work, are going. <laughs> I can't talk. I haven't done this in a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't warm up either. Yeah, we just kind of jumped sure right in. Sure didn't. Jump straight into the deep end, my friend. <laughs> it's the weekly regular way, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Derek, what has your week been like? What you been up to? Oh, geez, this week. Um, well... We were in Vegas for four days over okay. the weekend, so I'm still catching up from that because I'm in my late 30s and everything <laughs> is now a struggle. Yeah. No matter how much fun I have, I'm just like, afterwards, I'm like, oh, I need to go sleep for three days. Yeah. Um, how was the Vegas trip? Where'd you guys stay? What'd you do? So we stayed at the Encore. Okay. Um, and the only reason we were able to do it is because we were going to go anyway and just kind of do like a lower grade kind of time or whatever, uh -huh. but we decided to, while we were there, so... It, AJ, my wife, for people that don't know, mm -hmm. you very much know. I do know. Um, uh, she has a cousin who's a professional gambler. Okay. And he found out we were going to be in town, and he invited us to stay on his dime. Oh, nice. So we were able to charge everything to his comp points for mm -hmm. the resort as long as we were on the Encore Win-like area. Mm -hmm. And then all we have to do is pay tax. Nice. So, um, yeah. Uh, let me put it to you this way. Sports have been ruined for me forever now <laughs> because he found out I liked hockey uh -huh. and got us, got his, um, concert, his personal concierge to get us hooked up for the Knights game. Uh -huh. So he was like, yeah, I'll send a car for you, car service, just let me know when you want it and then you can meet him out here and then go to the game. Uh -huh. We're like, all right, cool. Like, that'll be fun. So we're sitting out there and a Rolls Royce drives up mm -hmm. and we get in it. Mm -hmm. And we're both freaking out because this is way fancier than anything we're used to. Mm -hmm. So we got a private Rolls Royce to and from the game. We got 
tickets that were four or five rows away from the Knights bench, behind the Knights bench, Mm -hmm. then access to this Jack Daniels, like private Jack Daniels lounge and this, well, it's like private for like the section, Mm -hmm. right? And then there's an actual private wind lounge underneath our seats Mm. that sat right on the walkway. It's a one-way glass that's right on the walkway from the team going from their locker room to their bench. And you could watch them go back and forth, and it was, I mean, it was one of those drinks for free, and it, oh, it was great. Oh, it was so much fun. That but sounds great. Sporting <laughs> events have been ruined for me now, because I'm a spoiled little <laughs> little lady. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. And now, is, is your friend in the mob? Because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> no, no, he's just a professional poker player. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's it. It's all good. <laughs> Nothing more nefarious than that. Yeah. Um... Otherwise, it would have turned into Derek and AJ's Vegas adventure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, with, with, uh, with that wonderful moment in the trailer where at the same time, we've sc- you're in the mob? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, other than that, that's how my week's been. I've been back at work, um, getting back in the groove of things. Uh-huh. You know, that's pretty much been it. Other than that, we, we bought a house and moved in over the hiatus. Mm-hmm. And now we've just been, uh, you know... Getting unpacked. Yeah, I see you've been relegated to your portion of the house, which is the closet. Yes, well, this is my new fancy recording space. <laughs> Marriage, am I right? Am I right? The whole ball and chain, man. Won't let me do my hobbies in the house. Have to hide in the hide in the closet. Or the garage where the men are. That's no, that's funny. That's great, man. Anyway. I'm glad you had a good time in Vegas. Yeah, um I'm glad you had a good time at the Vegas uh, Golden Knights game. Um I have yet to go to a uh a professional hockey game. I've never been. Oh come up, we'll go. All right. I'll or go. we can meet uh we can meet at the pond and watch the ducks. All right. Little uh local flavor for you people. I'm down. Um, yeah, I'm down. Anytime you, anytime you want to go watch hockey, I will meet you wherever you are and go watch. Go watch hockey. All right, I'm gonna hold you to that. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'll, you know, I'm good for it. Um, uh, anyway, how was how was your week? Um, week is good. Um, Julie was out of town for a couple weeks, and so mm-hmm. I was just left to my own devices to watch a bunch of movies and. Just eat food and kind of hang out. Uh, I haven't been Sounds like when AJ goes out of town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I travel a lot, which puts me alone, like on the road. But like, I rarely am like home alone. So that's like a different mm-hmm. experience. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it was good. Um, trying to think what home alone I'll... is great. Yeah, <laughs> I like being home alone. Yeah. Now I also like being home with my wife. But I also you know, <laughs> but if I can get home alone, it's a good time. If you say it louder, she'll let you out of the closet. <laughs> She's not home right now. That's why I'm being so bold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, no, I uh, yeah. So it's been a good week, just kind of chilling, man. Catching up on stuff, working on some music stuff, um, working on some writing stuff. Just trying to you know be pr- more productive and all of that usual stuff. I've been podcasting a lot um, with my other show that I'm doing, and got another show in the works that'll be coming out in April. Um, everyone check that out. I'm doing, I guess I can plug it here. Um, me and if if not here, where, if not here, where, um, on your own podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Hold on. Let me check with myself. Yeah, no, no. Can't do it here. That would just be a conflict of interest. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Using my own platform to promote myself. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to sully my journalistic integrity. (laughs) Um, uh, 
I have a podcast coming out with a, a good friend of mine. His name is Jacob Wysocki. He's a comedian, an actor, uh, and all around a very funny person. Uh, we have bonded recently over our shared love of like alternative music, whether it be punk rock and hardcore metal, all that kind of stuff. And we got to got to thinking, hey, we should do a show about this uh, because we have a lot of mutual friends in common who don't listen to that kind of stuff so we thought it'd be a cool idea to expose uh uh our comedian friends to music they never heard of and so we have a podcast coming out uh part of the flagrant ones patreon um that will uh do just that it'll be me and him interviewing comedians about music styles of music that they do love and styles of music that they've never been exposed to and then uh me and jacob will uh <laughs> jacob and i will be uh, exposing them to music that we think will be um at the very least uh an entertaining listen for them even if they don't end up liking the songs um yeah that's going to be called i believe the title is never heard of them uh and that's going okay. to be on the flagrant ones patreon coming in april so okay check that out nice yeah so like yeah we got some good guests lined up and it'll it'll be it'll be a good time um oh. yeah so that's what i've been up to uh besides watching a bunch of movies I'm trying to think i watched something at home recently um i've been watching Wait, I can, we can talk about what we both watched recently at home because i have one too oh yeah why don't you start i'll i'll, I'll, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll gather mine okay. yeah so i watched the last duel recently oh okay directed by ridley scott and starring all of the mullets and bad yeah hair i was gonna say and, every, um, everyone has a mullet <laughs> everyone has a mullet and everybody has a british accent even though the story takes place in france great great yeah super good great um the story itself mm -hmm. is really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, the execution of it mm -hmm. is not great. Mm -hmm. No pun. Like, no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it just like I don't know. Matt Damon. It just it's like he and Ben Affleck are just phoning it in. Uh huh. Like you know, they just—they're not really doing it. Like Jodie Comer and I think her name is Jodie Comer and uh, Adam Driver—they're uh -huh. really trying to like yeah. carry the story, but like you have these two dead weights just dragging <laughs> everything down, being like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna chew the scenery now," right. and it's just like, "Stop!" I get to play a mat knight with an accent, and it's like, "Who, dude? No, who invited them?" Yeah, and to me, from my, from just my—I uh, have no idea. I've obviously never met Ridley Scott. Um, or else I'd have a very cool story to tell. Well, I have. <laughs> he doesn't strike me as a type of director that is like his strong suit doesn't seem to be inspiring great performances from actors. I think yeah. he sometimes gets lucky and will get good performances out of great mm -hmm. actors by putting them in, in interesting situations. But I don't think he's like a, he doesn't come off as like an actor's director. You know what I mean? He's not. Yeah. He's a spectacle director. Yeah. He's a moments director. Like the duel that takes place in the title of the last duel, uh -huh. it's actually very well mapped out. Okay. Like it's really fun. That part's really fun to watch. Uh -huh. It's just the everything leading up to it is a little like, <laughs> okay, yeah, this is like all lackluster and just no. It's all like there's not. I was gonna say it's all thriller, no filler, but there's not even thriller. There's just <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Like I watched it and was just kind of like, this is what you chose to put on the screen. It's one of those movies that I go, I look at older directors and mm -hmm. I watch the movies like this and I go, maybe it's time for you to retire. Like maybe have an actual conversation mm -hmm. with family members now and have them be like, okay, you got it out. You need to be done because if you don't, mm -hmm. you're going to sully your legacy. Mm -hmm. True. Very true. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like it's, yeah. 
and he's I was obsessed with Ridley Scott when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Alien. You know, everything he done of Gladiator came out when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. I lost my mind over that movie. I thought Russell Crowe was the greatest actor in the history of acting. Mm-hmm. But it's just because it's a sword and sandals fighting movie, and it's a great movie. Yeah. But it's not a great movie, right? right? Mm-hmm. It's not capital G great. Like it'll it'll be around for the test of time, where people are like, oh yeah, Gladiator was awesome. But there will never be a. But like the last duel, it will be. Oh yeah, last duel was good. But it won't be like Gladiator where it's like, oh, Gladiator was awesome. We should go watch it right now. Because mm-hmm. every time I talk about Gladiator, I want to watch it. Last Duel will forever be this weird kind of like, oh, yeah, he made that. <laughs> and I kind of go, maybe you should be done. Yeah. You know, there's no shame in throwing in the towel. You don't have to keep competing all the time just because you have stories to tell. Hand him off. Like, get a protege. Teach that person. Hand him off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I would. It's kind of like the way I... <laughs> this movie was made... The kind of way I feel about the new Avatar movies coming out. Like, mm. yeah, you made it, but, like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, she's naked, but who gives a shit? Gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got to love Family Guy references. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a weird French movie the other night. I'm going to try to find the name of so it So a French quick. movie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that really narrows it down for you, huh? Yeah, that narrows it down to nothing. <laughs> I watched a really... Uh, a really action-heavy Artsy. Tom Cruise movie the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I watched a movie, a later Tom Cruise movie, where he runs a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me see. It, Ron Perlman was in it, like a very, very young Ron Perlman. Oh, so we're like talking. Let me see. Uh, I'm looking up Ron Perlman's filmography because I can't think of another way to get to the movie. Um, I'm going to get on and start guessing. When the Bow Breaks is not it. Um, I didn't know that. What oh, era are we like, talking? This was in the 90s. This 90s, was okay. not the island of Doc, Dr. Moreau. Ah, it was the City of Lost Children. Dude, City of Lost Children is insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, film directed by Mark Caro and Jean-Pierre Jeannette, or Jeannet. Um, and... It's relate. It's stylistically related to the previous and subsequent Genet films like Delicatessen and Amelie. Um, so this. Amelie. I, so yeah, I I was uh, I was not I I stumbled upon this movie on one of the streaming services. I can't remember, and I just uh, I was very high. And I saw... The- Dude, yes. We should actually have a whole separate podcast where we only talk about the movies that we watched high, and then we watch them sober, and then we compare the two. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was watching... I like was scrolling through the streaming service, and nothing was jumping out at me, but I knew yeah. I was in the position to watch a movie. I was like, I want to watch something. I don't want to watch TV. I want to watch a feature film. And right. the front image, or like the, the thumbnail image of the movie was um this actor by the name of I'm trying to I want to get his name right um I think it is Daniel Emil Fork who plays like okay. one of the villains of the movie and he has a very striking face and I was like this lo- this looks really interesting and then as the credits started to roll I was like oh this is French this is going to be very interesting <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah the movie is it plays it plays very much like a um like a french uh like a very french um peter pan almost mm. um it's mm-hmm. the story it yeah it's the story for those who don't know it's a story of like uh these uh <laughs> all right 
<laughs> it's like the story of like uh, Ron Perlman plays a strong man in a carnival in France, and he's speaking French the entire time. So shout out to Ron Perlman for speaking French. Yeah, that's a it's a fun time. Um, I'll just read the plot summary uh, starting from uh, on Wikipedia because I, I'm not going to do it justice. I was not in the right state of mind to uh, do it justice. Uh, so <laughs> that's a weird one to watch high too. Yes, uh, Crank or Cronk, a highly intelligent but malicious being created by a vanished scientist, is unable to dream, which causes him to age prematurely. At his lair on an, aban- an abandoned oil rig, which he shares with the scientist's other creations, six childish clones, a dwarf named Martha, and a brain in a, and a, brain in a vat named Irvin. He uses his dream-extracting machine to steal dreams from children. The children are kidnapped from him, or are kidnapped for him from a nearby port city where a cyborg cult called the Cyclops... Uh, who, in exchange, he supplies with medical eyes and ears. Among the kidnaps, uh, amongst the kidnapped children is Denry, the adopted little brother of Carnival Strongman uh, named One, played by Ron Perlman. And so it's you know it's a it's a weird French farce fairy tale ish kind of movie. Um, it's it's all it, that centers around these kids who, um, you know, are kind of like pickpockets and like have kind of learned to survive on this island and it's it's just like Street a weird yeah it's like a weird mashup kind of like childhood fairy tale kind of movie and it is very french and very weird uh but i enjoyed it i thought it was cool um yeah yeah it's a very strange movie and i too could not really tell you what it's about because <laughs> i also watched it high last time i watched it yeah. so i was very like I I remember distinctly having the thought of like I'm glad I'm in this mental state for this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the kind <laughs> of movie you'd put on on mute in like a a bar where the drinks are very expensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> God, you got to warn me. I just took a sip of water. I almost shot it all over my computer. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it's so true though. Yeah, <clears throat> but you put it in black and white. Yeah. Right, you scale it down to black and white, mm-hmm. and then you project it on a big screen. We're in like a club where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people are like, "What's that?" I don't know, but I paid twenty four dollars for this old fashioned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm surprised it wasn't what, in black and white, whiskey? honestly. What, what whiskey, <laughs> Jameson? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I I enjoyed it though. I thought it was good. Um, it's a good movie. I've also been watching the newest season of um, Two Sentence Horror Stories on Netflix. Which, oh yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. I need to watch that. That's that show is cool. It's an, a horror anthology series where um, each show gives you like a little, a f- one sentence of a two sentence thing, and then at the end of the episode they give you a second sentence, and it's good. Um, it's shot in Vancouver, um, and uh, some of the episodes are way better than others. <laughs> some of them are very bad, um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, uh, they're all pretty fun and you know enjoyable. And it's interesting to see them do like. Because they're in their third season now, so they've kind of done a lot of the more original ideas. So now what they're doing is like kind of taking familiar horror tropes and like kind of putting their own spin on them, which is kind of cool. Okay. Like they did cool. a, a werewolf versus vampire episode in the season that I thought was really good. Ooh, we always like that fight. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. Cool. Yeah. That's been fun. I started watching, for as long as we're talking TV shows, uh, I started watching The Expanse. Oh, yeah. I started okay. watching that as well. What do you think? You did? Uh, I started watching it. I, 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 wait. Yes. No, I started. That's the one with um, Thomas Jane is in it, right? 
Yes, with the horrible haircut, and his storyline <laughs> right. is the one that we don't want to spend time with. All right. I started that show, um, and I think me and Julie made it like six episodes before we became bored of it. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. It's not great yeah. in the sense that it, in the first season, like I was saying, you spend so much time <laughs> with Thomas Jane, and you don't want to. When you want to yeah. spend time. You remember that crew that's on the run like while yep. they're being pursued? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the group you want to spend time with. Yeah. I'm like, that's the show. Yeah. So why are we spending all this time with Thomas Jane and his horrible haircut? And to be frank, I like Thomas Jane because he was the Punisher, but that's about as far as my like tolerance of Thomas Jane goes. <laughs> like He's a bad actor. Yeah, he's not great. I li- I want to like him so much in everything that he does, but he's just bad. <laughs> yeah. He 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 yeah, he's not I, yeah, he's not my favorite actor. Uh, I do enjoy his little uh cameo in Arrested Development. Uh, it's very funny. Yes. But yes. Uh, <laughs> as Tom Jane the actor. Uh-huh. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Tom Jane the actor. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, no he's not great and that sh- his character in that show is not great. He's given a it's, very ridiculous hat to wear. Like <laughs> which they comment on in the show. They're like, "Why are you wearing that stupid hat?" And he's like, "I like it." And they're like, "That's not a reason. You're a dumbass." He's a cop, but he like wears a fedora for some reason <laughs> on a space station. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're try- I know what they're trying to do. I know they're trying to do like film noir detective in space which is a cool concept yeah. like don't get me wrong i like that kind of concept i jones for that concept mm-hmm. but like thomas jane is not the one to bring that to us and yeah. the con- and the case that we were given to solve it's not that interesting <laughs> i give zero like they recently I was watching an episode, yeah. and he gets abducted, and I was like, oh, good. They're going to kill him and stick him in an airlock, and then we'll be done with this stupid side of the show. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem for that show, and the irony of it, is I think the problem with the show is what it's setting out to do. It's called The Expanse because they're trying to give you – at least this is my read of the show. They're trying mm-hmm. to give you – they're trying to do a space show, but that covers, like, the the vastness of what the future of – space inhabitants and like space faring societies will be like so you're seeing societies all different parts of the universe and different parts of the solar system and whatever yeah like martians don't even qualify themselves as humans anymore right like it's like you know what i mean yeah, yeah. It's, it's trying to give you like oh you know it's trying to tell a bunch of different it's kind of trying to do what the leftovers was doing where like it's showing you there's an event that happened in the distant past and like now we're in a world that's far beyond those events and here's everything that's going on in the world and we're following different characters across different times and different right and it's just like no i think they don't do a the biggest problem is they don't do the world building is not successful enough for you to really be invested in what's going on (laughs) yes but not it is just it's not in the thomas jane section right like the other stuff is all like it's all politically, like, multi-planet political based. Yeah. Like, these, these other crew, they're on the run. Like, they don't know who they can trust. I'm like, that's interesting. Then you've got that politician, and she's trying to manipulate and mm-hmm. trying to hunt down all these, like, OAP terrorists. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. But then we keep circling back to Thomas Jane, and I'm like, <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. I think I think uh, a, a show that does what that show is trying to do a little bit better is The Foundation. Have you watched that yet? I have not watched The Foundation. Okay. I'm going to look that up. It's a similar thing. Um, it stars like Jared Harris is one of the main guys who is great. Um, he's from Mad Men. You might recognize him 2019? from... 2019? Yes. I think it's an Amazon show. Um, that show does it a little bit better because it, it it's a little bit more focused 
um, in its storytelling. And so it, it the world building is, um, a, I think, a little bit more effective in that show. The characters are more compelling. Um, the way they tell it, it, the one flaw of that show is they do a lot of big time jumps. So sometimes you're not sure which timeline you're watching, but, um, I, I, they're very similar shows and what they're trying to do. Um, is it the foundation or just foundation? I can't, I'm not sure. If it's foundation, it's an apple. Yeah. 2021. Um, read the, apple TV. read the plot summary. Maybe. <clears throat> a complex saga of humans scattered on planets throughout the galaxy, yep. all living under the rule of the Galactic Empire. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's really good. Right, foundation on Apple Apple TV sounds good. Yeah, it takes place like oh, Jared Harris is in this one too. It, the, well, that's the one I was talking about. Oh, so not the 2019 you know, in, one. You know, he's in the Expanse, right? Oh, I I didn't clock that. Is he also in the Expanse? That's very funny. Yeah, he plays <laughs> off as Thomas Jane as this gangster that's like oh, trying to like. Oh, I'm like, that's oh, wow. right. Yep. And Jer- oh, so Jared Harris in the in Foundation plays a completely different style character. He's okay, like good, more of his like characters a characters also lackluster <laughs> and annoying. Yeah, his character is kind of like a um in Foundation he's like a scientist and like he's been labeled a charlatan because he speaks out against the authoritarian government. Mm-hmm. He's like one of those he's like a you know, one of those kind of guys. Um cool. he's really good in it. But yeah, uh the show is I think is more successful although far from perfect. Um, but yeah, you should give that one a try if you like The Expanse. Cool. Yeah. It's got uh, Lee Pace in it too. I like him. Yeah, he's like the he plays the one of the iterations of the Emperor. Got it. Yeah, the Emperors are like clones, and <laughs> there's, there's like all this all this kind of stuff going on. Nice. All right, Foundation. I will try to check that out. Yeah, it's interesting though. What the, there's a thing they do in that show that's interesting. We don't have to linger here too long, but I think no. the the emperor, the way that they cho- they've chosen to do it is like the emperor is a is a, is a series of clones, and mm-hmm. it's uh uh they keep three cl- three clones alive at all times, and they're mm-hmm. at different ages. One is like a little boy. He's like eleven, like prepubescent. And then mm-hmm. the middle one is like Lee Pace in his 30s or whatever, however old he is. And then there's like an older one who's like in his, you know, 80s or 70s or whatever. And they and they age into each other and they keep the cloning process going. But they keep the mm-hmm. three alive at, at different stages so they have different, you know, your mind works differently at different stages. So they have, on, yeah, they yeah. have all three of those perspectives <clears throat> at all times, which is a cool idea, you know? That is a cool idea. So it's like a triune leader all cloned off of one person. Yep. With the in you know. constant state of like development. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I like it. It is interesting, yeah. Um so yeah, there's that. Um that's a good show. I think you'll like that. I will definitely like that. I'm trying to think if it's hard sci fi, I'm down. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I like about the expanse is it's not aliens, it's all humans. And I, I right. really appreciate that because mm-hmm. I'm <clears throat> don't get me wrong, I like it, but I when you don't have the budget and you're a science fiction show that's being filmed in Canada for the sci fi network mm-hmm. and you don't quite have the biggest budget, I'm like aliens probably isn't the smartest thing to do. I do like the physics of that show a lot though. A lot of like the spacecraft like movement and physics is all based in real like actual space travel. Oh, like yeah, what yeah. You, you know, you know, so it's like that that part's pretty cool. That and it's always Gets my uh, gets the hairs on the back of my neck standing up whenever they get them. Like the constant like focus. The thing I also like about it too is the constant focus on survival and like conservation. And like you need to conserve air, water, mm-hmm. fuel, food. Like everything has to be like constantly on survival mode. And they really do a good job of like 
when a hole gets put in a ship, everybody freaks out. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you should. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's a good point. Um, the, there's always those inherent stakes, like when you're in a you know a state uh, space show, which you don't get in shows like or stuff like Star Wars, where it's like no. we're just in space. I'm like, yeah, the vacuum that kills everything. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing about Star Wars that they never really reckon with is that these are organic <laughs> beings in space. So like. If your spaceship is getting shot at, like there's that's a bad thing, and it's not just yes. like, hey, I'm glad we survived, right? Let's just keep going. It's like, no, like, what if there's a hole? Like all those lasers <laughs> didn't produce any holes. <laughs> I know. No, Asan shield. Yeah, and whatnot. <laughs> and whatnot. Like even Guardians of the Galaxy addresses that, where they're like, yeah, there's mods that help you survive in space. That's the throwaway line, and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, I I, I think that's one of the things that makes J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Uh, so good is that you do get mm-hmm. those stakes <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, every every time they get in a fight there's a hole blown in the side and people get thrown out you know what i mean just not but it's the enterprise so it's not like a tiny pinhole where people are getting sucked through it's this massive part of the ship where thousands of people are getting sucked into space yeah screaming in terror. that's what i love about star trek is the horrifying deaths the mass casualties <laughs> yeah, exactly. really gets me going and ensign ricky same thing like the end of man of steel yeah <laughs> Exactly. The wanton destruction. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, is there anything else? Uh, some of the stuff that we that we missed on the hiatus, I want to I want to catch up on on a separate episode. Yeah, let's touch. Um, uh, but there's there are some things that we can sort of touch on in this episode that we've missed. Um, but like things like Spider Man, I want to devote a whole episode to that. Did, yes, did we, I really would like to did as we because well. we like didn't cover Spider Man before the break, right? Mm-mm. Okay, no. uh, we can briefly touch on it now, but uh, I also want to do an in-depth episode on that after yeah, this. Um, what'd you think about Spider-Man: No Way Home? I really enjoyed it. Okay, the ending was my favorite part. Okay, what the very ending of the movie was my favorite part of it. Okay, probably any Spider-Man movie ever. Yeah, because I like it because I want to see I want to see Tom Holland's Peter Parker struggle a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I am. Like I'm tired yeah. of him being the golden boy. I'm also ready for just a break from Tom Holland. Like, yeah, I like the guy. Mm-hmm. I do, and I want to keep liking him, which is why I need him to take a break from making movies for a while. <laughs> yeah, he's he's it's kind of which he's announced that he will do, and I'm like smartest move you could do. Like, yeah. I'm getting so burnt out on your face, and yeah. I like your face. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's experiencing the Chris Pratt problem. <laughs> he is. Well, he's trying to get ahead of the Chris Pratt problem yeah. and the Jennifer Lawrence problem. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta go away, so we miss you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give us a little bit. We can't need you all the time. Yeah, um, that's why Tom Cruise is successful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He pops up. We go. Wow, he's insane. That was a great movie, and then he disappears for a few years. Yeah, you know who manages to, I think, avoid that the Chris Pratt problem, and mm. it, I think is The Rock. He's someone I'm yeah. n- I'm not tired of yet, even though he's no. in a lot of films. <laughs> he is, but somehow he. Here's the problem. Uh-huh. Chris Pratt always ends up playing Chris Pratt. That's true. And I don't like Chris Pratt. <laughs> I get that. He's kind of a dick. Yeah. Like, I like Peter Quill. Yeah. It's why he works as Peter Quill. Yeah. It's because Peter Quill's kind of a dickhead. Yeah. Chris Pratt's just an a-hole. Yeah. Like, I don't like him. I wanted to. I've spent very long time trying to, like, like him, and I finally was just like, yeah, I don't like you, dude. Like, you're kind of a, you're not my favorite person. You're annoying. And uh, I need you to stop trying to pretend like you're some amazing, like you know, you're in you're in some of the worst Jurassic Park movies of all time. And I'm including Lost. I'm including Jurassic Park two in that. 
Yeah, I th- I think the 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 charm of Chris Pratt is waning for a lot of people because I think the initial charm of him from Parks and Rec is that mm-hmm. um, there's this when he's playing Andy Dwyer, there's a sense of like self deprecation and vulnerability in that role yes. that like really draws you in, um, mm-hmm. and I think some of that shows up in some of the other roles he's been in outside of Andy Dwyer, but but I think now like the more comfortable he gets as being Chris. Pratt, the like the movie star, I yeah. think like I get the sense from him in some of his other performances, like as a person, he takes himself I think way more seriously than than, way, than any way of his characters, seriously. and I think people get that sense, you know? Yeah, oh yeah, he <laughs> takes things way too seriously, dude. Like he's just kind of like a he kind of comes off a little like pretentious and kind of like he's a dickhead, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and again, like, I'm not throwing. Like, you know, it's one of those. Like, I want to like him. Mm-hmm. I want to like everybody that's an actor. I really do. Mm-hmm. But like, when you put your personal life so out front and forward, and your personal brand of your religion mm-hmm. and your political party and mm-hmm. your I just go. I don't care. Like, that's yeah. not why I'm watching your movies. And if that's what you're going to do in your off time, then I'm not going to go watch your movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I totally like, agree. I'll, I'll choose to give money to actors that I want to support. Like, yeah. you know, and money speaks volumes. And mm-hmm. right now we're seeing it with, with the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, with, um, what was the Tomorrow War? Did oh, you yeah. even see that movie? Mm-mm. I haven't seen it. I didn't either. Yeah. I don't know a single person that went to go, that w- that wanted to watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a friend who's in the movie. Uh, oh, cool. So, uh, I, I, it's funny because I do know a lot of people who have seen the movie because my friend is in it. Okay. Um, but yeah, that movie, uh, yeah. Well, for us non Hollywood types, that <laughs> I'm not get a to hobnob <laughs> with comedians and rub elbows with actors. Um, I'm on the outside. I, us common folk, no one I know went to go see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're. I'm basically a bad friend because I haven't seen the movie, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but I, I will I watch, watch it. it. I would watch it because you know somebody in it. Yeah. That's, the, that's the reason why I would watch it. I would watch it for that just to be like, I would wish I wish you could live reason, leave reasons on Prime for why you were watching something. Be mm-hmm. like, I'm just watching it for this actor. I don't give a crap about Chris Pratt. Yeah, that would be great. Now, I to be fair, I have played the movie. I haven't watched it all the way through, but I have started it. So I okay. think that still counts as supporting my friend. <laughs> yeah, you bought it. Um. Yeah, money's going into his trickling into his pocket from that purchase. So yeah, you're a good friend. You're an okay friend. Yeah, I don't know if I'd upgrade you to good in this scenario, but you know, yeah, okay. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Mitch from Doughboys who's in the movie. But um, what else? Um, yeah, Chris Pratt is a no go. I I just can't bring myself to see the new um, Jurassic Park movie. I can't. It looks terrible. Yeah. Even Sam Neill, my boy. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum, like our, you know. Are the original three are back, you know, the yeah. ones I grew up with, the ones I was like, yeah, man. And I don't, I literally, again, it's that family guy line. It's like, yeah, <laughs> Sam Neill's in it, but who gives a shit? Like, yeah. it's too little, too late. Yeah. Like, what story could they possibly be telling that they haven't already told? <laughs> you know what I mean? How many times are we going to allow these irresponsible <laughs> people to mess around with dinosaurs before we just, like, put them in jail? Yeah, I think. The, the plot, like the idea or the premise of Jurassic Park is a, is a premise you can only hit so many times before the audience start, stops caring because it's like the people we're watching are too stupid for us to care about what they do because they keep making the They're same like mistake lemmings. over and over. 
Yeah, they're like lemmings. They're yeah. just like, oh, you're running into the sea. I'm going to follow you. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> Freaking A, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I won't be seeing that unless uh, unless Mitch is in that one as well. <laughs> you will not be cat. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe that's our weekly regular rule. If Mitch is in it, we have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that rule. All right, so let's get to what we're here to talk about. Um, were we here to talk about something? We're here to talk about something. What are we um, here to talk about? We're here to talk about the 2022 Robert Pattinson vehicle directed by uh, Matt Reeves called The Batman. We are. Uh, were you excited when you first heard that Robert Pattinson was going to be Batman, that this movie was happening, Matt Reeves was directing? No, uh-huh. and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because the Ben Affleck Batman's kind of left such a bad taste in my mouth for Batman. Fair enough. That I was like, I need a Batman break. <laughs> yep. Um, because Batman is slowly turning into something that is not Batman. Yep. Um, and the core, the fundamental core of what Batman is has been forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, they, we touched on it a little bit with the Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. We got a little bit of what Batman is, right? But he's still mm-hmm. this like brute force superhero instead of this intellect driven individual. And Ben Affleck is whatever he wants to be. So <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. what that is. Um, that's what Batfleck is up to, just whatever they want to do. Um, right. But yeah, I don't know, man. I just, it. Sorry, I'm peeking for some reason. Sorry, everybody. Little peek behind the curtain. No, I just, I. Uh, I wasn't excited to see it, but I did. Mm-hmm. I did le- learn my lesson with um, Heath Ledger. You know, mm-hmm. like learned my lesson with Heath Ledger to not really like worry about it. I, I and it's not that I did have a pr- I, I had a problem with uh, Robert Pattinson being Batman because I've watched a lot of his later stuff and was very excited about what direction he's been going with his acting career. Mm-hmm. And it's been a little bit darker and seems to be a little bit more, you know. <clears throat> um, I was going to use the term legit, but he's a good actor. He's got millions of dollars. He's legit. Um, <laughs> right. More legit than me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, so initially I was excited that Matt Reeves is directing. I wasn't mm-hmm. excited that it was a Batman movie just because mm-hmm. I was kind of worried about where Batman was going. Right. With it. Now, how about you? Um, so I was excited for it in the sense that like, I'm always excited for like, whenever there's like a new superhero thing, I really don't get superhero movie fatigue. Really? Um, You really, for me, you really have to beat me over the head with something, uh, in order for me to get fatigue from it. Um, Batman was close to doing that, like that character, but, um, I'm always game for like a fresh take on the character. Absolutely. Um, and but this movie far, I, w- I will say this, though I was excited to see a new superhero movie and a new Batman movie, this movie far and away exceeded my, re- my expectations. Oh, my and, as well. And, 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 and so my expectations of the movie itself were not extremely high, but I was excited to see it, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. I mm-hmm. think that you, you put it, you described it very succinctly. Um, mm-hmm. And I would agree with you that I think I was right there as well. Like, my expect, like, I was. I was a little like, okay, fresh take on the character. That'll be nice mm-hmm. just to see something different. But I was, but my expect, but like you were saying, your, my expectations were so low that I didn't really go in expecting a whole lot. And what we got was right. so much more than I could have ever hoped to have, like, mm-hmm. to have gotten. Like, it was, I, I told AJ, I was like, this is the Batman movie that I've always kind of known I've wanted, but I've never actually known I've needed until I saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'm going to be honest, dude. This yeah. might be my favorite Batman movie. 
mm-hmm. like yeah. with the bullet, like just the way that everything scopes out. It's very like it just, and we'll get into it. Yeah, but it like it might be my favorite one. Well, I need to go well, see it a couple I mean, more times, but yeah, we can talk about. I mean, we can talk about why it's your favorite Batman movie up top before we get into like specific sure. plot stuff. Sure. Um, why why do you think it's your favorite Batman movie? It's my favorite Batman movie because finally it's a dark enough movie. Like mm-hmm. it, it nails the villain. Batman is never Batman's not for kids. Right. And I've been saying this for years. Like people that like their people that let their kids' favorite superhero be Batman. You're setting your child up for some psychologically <laughs> damaging. Like, like he's a right. messed up individual. Uh-huh. He's a psychopath that puts on a costume to beat up other psychopaths and gangsters at night. Like he's he's not healthy. Uh-huh. Um, but the thing I like about it is a I like the detective noir. Mm-hmm. aspect of it i think that was a fresh take and that is what the original bat he's the world's greatest detective so let's watch him detect instead of like evade explosions and you know like mm-hmm. i want to watch him do his boots on the ground detective thing mm-hmm. which is what we got a lot of and i thought it was great um the darkness level was good the sadistic level of the villains was there mm-hmm. um it makes you you need to be afraid of these people like you have to be afraid like the joker is not somebody like we have we've oversaturated the joker in our society where now people are like i'm the joker and i'm like no you shouldn't be i mean if you claim that then you should be locked up right because you're you're an enemy of society <laughs> right like, but you know we've oversaturated ourselves so i think the riddler was a perfect way to reintroduce that sort of batman rogues gallery fear mm-hmm. because i've always enjoyed the riddler and i mm-hmm. like it best when batman and riddler are kind of at each other and like the, it's the mental game as opposed to just the like i'm gonna beat up a bunch of your thugs mm-hmm. um i liked all of that the setting i think that the way that they brought gotham i think they really brought gotham to life in a way that i don't think the previous like the previous movies at least the nolan movies the bat the gotham was just a setting it was never really a character and right. i think in this movie the city is itself a character with mm-hmm. personality and just with the the crazy high gothic architecture and that's the that's the gotham that like i know mm-hmm. you know what i mean like a place that's filled with gargoyles like that's where batman is like that's why batman is just so like works so effectively in this city is because it has all of this like architecture that he just blends into with the way that he looks, you know, there's a bunch of gargoyles he can like hide with them. You know, you don't really see right. a whole lot of that in some of the other movies that we get. Um, you do a little bit in the Joel Schumacher movies. Mm-hmm. His Gotham is a little bit more of a character piece, which I think is fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with like the the um, Tim Burton Batman's. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like Matt Reeves really brought the city to life in a way that it was kind of, yeah, it was a character. As in itself, as well as the rest of the people that were operating inside of it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So totally, yeah. I, I mean, I I agree. I think this is my favorite Batman movie to date. I think The Dark Knight, for my money, is I would say is still a better executed film. I would say. Mm-hmm. I think this uh, this movie is too long <laughs> um, and it does have some flaws but uh in terms of like my favorite batman movie and story told in live action i think this takes a cake hands down mm-hmm. um and i think for the main reason of i feel like this batman feels like the first batman movie made by a director who really loves the character of batman yes you know what i mean yes <laughs> because uh, every other movie even the movies that have done 
you know, the character well, like in the Nolan Batman movies. I think uh, Christopher Nolan is much more, like in The Dark Knight, for example, he's much more interested in the Joker. Um, he's much more interested in Bane and Dark Knight Rises. Um, he, he, he seems to be much more interested in the in the rogues gallery, gallery of villains, which is one way to do it. That's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I, I, like the, I like that Matt Reeves is very much so spends a lot of his time like it, it's the first batman movie that's really about batman it's not really mm -hmm. about bruce wayne it's not really about anything it's like it's no. about the character of batman like kind of figuring out w what direction he wants to go in as a batman and like right. what that means for him and i thought it was really good i thought it was really well done um i love uh i love the theme of fear in the movie uh, oh, yeah. i just think the movie does a really good job of capturing like what type of Gotham would need a Batman or mm -hmm. produce a Batman? And then what type of bat, like how Batman would exist in a world like that and how he would function? I right. think this movie captures it very, very well. Because um, I think what this movie does really well with the character is that I think where a lot of Batman movies get the get Batman wrong is they they you get the impression that Batman's primarily doing the reason the doing the things that he's doing because he has the means to do so right like when i watch the nolan batman movies it feels like oh because this guy's a billionaire and has a bunch of resources and has gone through this training to become a martial artist and stuff like that he's now batman where i feel like this movie really perfectly captures and puts on screen like if if he didn't have any money he would right. be doing this you know yes, what I mean? <laughs> exactly and that's the thing i liked about this was that like yeah and that's totally i was gonna make this point too so i'm glad yeah. you brought this up mm -hmm. um yeah it's literally like yeah you get the christian bale batman it's like i just do it because i can yeah I'm yeah bored. basically yeah i do it for shits and giggles it's a thrill right i'm an adrenaline yeah. junkie like he does yeah. it because he's an adrenaline junkie right yeah um but uh you've got you know robert patton's yeah it's the same way he'd be doing this whether he had two cents to his name or two billion dollars to his name but right. he's still gonna do figure out a way to do this because this is just what he's <laughs> supposed to do and and rightfully so the movie is not really on his side in terms of like in the in the sense of like you never get the sense that like and i think this is what you this is the great tension that the batman character lives in is it sh to the audience gotham should feel hopeless like uh -huh. it should feel like a lost cause and <laughs> and it does that well in this movie because <laughs> you you are you kind of think he's insane for doing what he's doing cuz it's like you're obviously not going to change the city based on yeah. and you have to have that perspective you know what <laughs> i mean you're a billionaire dude you're not going to change the city why don't you find some hot lady that you can like whisper to and be very aloof and like just go live in like the mediterranean and be like done exactly. with it like, but he's yeah. just like no i'm still going to beat up people yeah uh and i think that that level of like obsession and that level of like him him truly being driven to do what he's doing and thinking he's doing what's right whether or right. not it kills him i think that 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 is an important trait of batman that i think is only kind of paid lip service to in other versions of the character mm -hmm. i think it's i think it's really evident on screen in this movie um, i do too I yeah do too. For yeah sure. and i agree with you uh the, the 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 batman crusader like the the willing the drive to do this no matter what yeah. like mm -hmm. that like you were saying it's it's always been like yep that's the goal of batman like don't we all know it like there's always been some sort of i like this one because it kind of strips it back down and reintroduces you to batman yes without the as a way that you would if you didn't know anything about batman right you can know nothing about batman go in mm -hmm. to watch the batman and go and walk out and go oh wow right 
like, and I think that, you know, that's also one of its greatest strengths is because this is a reboot story yeah. in a way that it doesn't do. And I'm glad that they didn't do the whole Thomas and Martha murder in the beginning. I'm like, we're done. Right. We don't need to see that. It's been done yeah. a thousand times to death. It's like the, it's like the, uh, it's like Uncle Ben dying in right. Spider-Man. Like, I don't right. need to see it. Mm-hmm. You can just talk about it now. But I think we got so far with Batman that everybody took for granted what Batman was. Oh, yeah, he's the world's greatest detective. But he's also <laughs> yeah. in a mech suit fighting aliens with Superman. Yeah. I'm like, this is not Batman. Yeah. Like, it is a facet of Batman, but it's not the Batman that I like. Mm-hmm. I don't like the aliens intergalactic Batman. I like the, let's just focus on Blood Gotham, Bloodhaven, and Metropolis sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I totally agree. I think, uh, yeah. So let's let's uh, yeah let's dive into the. Uh, I guess there's a lot that goes on in this movie. So let's like, and typically the way we do our movie reviews is we'll go through the plot kind of chronologically. Right. Um, I think there's way too much here to kind of try to do that now, and I think it'll end up being boring. Um, yeah, we can't let's do just, it chronologically by yeah. plot. We got to go like bits and pieces. Yeah. Let's just talk about the stuff that we like, and let's yeah. try to go as chronologically as possible. Um, but I think, um, for me, the first thing that jumps out, it, it, I think the first like 30 minutes of this movie is probably my favorite first 30 minutes from like any movie I've ever seen. I've seen recently. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe in the last, like, honestly, in the last like 365 calendar days, it's my favorite yeah. opening. Like Be- the way they introduce the character of Batman and, and, and I, I and the language is important because it's not Bruce Wayne. The mm. character of Batman, I think, is no. the best Batman introduction we've the ever seen. The title specifically tells you right. who we're going to be riding <laughs> along with this time. And yeah. that's the thing I think I respect the most about this is Matt Reeves made a choice. He's like, I don't want to do back and forth between Bruce Wayne and Batman mm-hmm. and try to get you to love both. Like, you need to figure out which one you're on the side of mm-hmm. because Bruce Wayne is a dick. Right. And like, I think the it, persona that Bruce Wayne yeah. projects to Gotham, he's a playboy billionaire. You're going to yeah. look at that guy and be like, I hate you. But like Batman, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, Batman. Yeah. Dope. And I think this movie does do a good job of because they've always that's another thing about the character that's always been paid lip service to where it's like, oh, you know, his real life is when he's Batman and when he's Bruce Wayne. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, this movie really gives you the sense because we don't yeah. spend a lot of time with Bruce Wayne. It really gives you the sense that like he only is in public as Bruce Wayne when he absolutely has to be at this point right. in his career. Like he's almost always doing Batman stuff, yeah. <laughs> which is well, that's good. What, that's the, one of my favorite lines. He's like, I've become a nocturnal animal. Right. And then it shows in the next scene where he's trying to talk to Alfred. He has to wear sunglasses during the day because he's yeah. like, he's adapted to living at night. Yeah. <laughs> like he keeps everything really dark. Uh, like I, I love that. I thought that was a great detail. I thought it was great. That's like watching a man descend. Like that's when, when you see that kind of level of commitment to it, where it's like I'm right. training my eyes to see in the dark. Yeah. Like, that's where I go, yeah, then I believe that that's why Alfred should be concerned <laughs> right. because you're modifying, you're, you're adapting your body, you're evolving your, your human construct into something that it should not be. Yeah. No, I love it. For the purposes of terror. Yeah, because this is, uh, based on what they said in the movie, this is like his second year of being mm-hmm. Batman. And I like that he's still in the mindset of like, he hasn't figured out like a routine yet like he's not in the stage of his career where like he's batman who's figured out everything and and, and has a routine and, and does all this like it's not smooth and polished yet like yeah. which makes the robert pattinson casting even that much greater because it's like i when i look at robert pattinson's when he's not in the suit i look at a guy who's like yeah 
He's obsessed cur- currently with where he is right now. He's obsessed with going out at night and mm-hmm. defending the streets of Gotham. Yeah. He probably doesn't eat all that much. Nope. Like, you like know when what Alfred I mean? tells him to take a shower, he probably <laughs> reeks, dude. Yeah. Like, think about it. He runs around an alleyway, so he's covered in trash and like <laughs> yeah. just bar water and like just street water and like just human excrement and like he yeah. probably stinks like <laughs> yeah and that suit doesn't seem like it's something easy to just wash you know <laughs> no it's not and especially when you see him living in it like all night you know when he yeah. puts on the other clothes it's like he's putting mm-hmm. them on over the bat suit so you've right. got blood you've got mm-hmm. like vomit you've got sweat like spit all this stuff like all over this thing i'm surprised alfred doesn't just hose him down when he comes into the bat cave yeah <laughs> totally yeah um you'll shower us up <laughs> Uh, I love – so the opening – the thing I love the most about the opening is the sequence where we're watching the montage of criminals mm-hmm. who basically kind of talk themselves out of the crime they're committing yep. because they can see the darkness and they don't know whether or not Batman is in the yep. darkness. That part where that guy had the pumpkin head like yeah. thing where he robbed it. And then you just, that's what I loved. And that's the thing I think that I liked about the character of Gotham is that it is dark. Yeah. Like there are alleyways that just looks like a flat black. Like this is where the darkness starts. And then it's like, yeah. oh, f- like that's not okay. But yeah. yeah, that shot where it's like it zooms in on that like underpass and it zooms back in on the guy and he's just even without even with the full mask on, you can't even see his face, his body language is like, oh man. Yeah. Like, I, I love it because it perfectly for if, if you if you were showing someone if you were trying to explain to someone what the character of Batman is in his world, like what is Batman? Like I think that sequence is so powerful and effective because in under two minutes you see exactly what the goal of the character of Batman is and fear. how yeah it's it's fear overwhelming it's de- fear yeah yeah he can't be everywhere at once so when so the way he does that is by making people think he could be anywhere at any time if there's darkness around up, I'm exactly. there and then yeah. when he does show up. He executes his missions in extremely brutal fashion, so that'll yes. get around as well. Where it's like, like he, he, like he'll show up, but if he does show up, you're probably gonna like be in the hospital for a while. Like he, right. will, he will beat you. He won't kill you, but he'll beat you within an inch of your life. And that's the yeah. thing I liked seeing in this one, in this movie as well, is his dedication uh-huh. to the like, yeah, the no gu- when he looks at Gordon, he's like no guns, and Gordon's like that's your rule, not mine. Yeah, it's like that's a great little back and forth. Right, like I like that, but there's also like does show. And granted, the other movies, they show him beating up bad guys, but they don't really do it to the focus on the thing. I think with the way that, Mm -hmm. especially that first scene, the brutality Mm -hmm. that like Reeves brings to the Batman character and the raw physical, just like rage that Pattinson brings. Yeah, and that's what you would be if you're this obsessed night stalker like individual that is trying to fix. You know, right. your rage would come up because you're trying to fix this and people won't stop and you're doing everything that you can. So there's a level of frustration that comes with it. So that's why, like, I like that sort of, like, you know, you know, this is skipping later, but there's a perfect example. When he shoots the um, the grappling hooks through the guy's legs. Yes. Like, through the meat of their legs and then uses them as counterbalance to, like, ballast <laughs> to, like, you know swing around the freaking like catwalk i was like that's awesome because that's that's the batman that i know highly calculated knows exactly how to defeat somebody like if he hurts you it's surgical precision and there's a reason why it's gonna like and he's gonna really like wreck you and we don't have quite have that yet but we started we're starting to see the buildings of that and that's what i like you know yeah i love i love 
I love how they use fear in this movie, and I think Batman's main goal being to instill fear in the heart of people who would do wrong. That's another thing that's been always been paid lip service to, but this movie, from everything, the way the character is designed to the way that he behaves, the way that... when you understand what he's trying to do based on that opening sequence, everything else that he does makes total sense. You can even justify him not using guns because that's that's a thing where like it's a rule that people understand about Batman, but like I don't think in the movies has ever been really explained well, like like or given like a real good explanation as to why he doesn't just simply use guns. You I know, know I, mean? I agree, and I think a lot of it is we're supposed to just assume that because his parents were shot, that he's right. now anti-gun, and I don't think that's the case. No, I think, honestly, if yeah. Bruce Wayne got fed up and was like, <laughs> "Okay, guns," like yeah. everything would be fixed in a week. Yeah, exactly. I, I think in this movie, I think I, I don't think the movie explicitly says this in any way, but I think it's fair to to um, to assume that like part of the reason he doesn't use guns is I'm sure it has something to do with his parents. I'm sure that's in the character's like mythos, but it's also like if his number one goal is to and like strike fear in people's hearts, a gun makes like undercuts that it undermines yep. that because it's like him not using guns makes him more scary. Well, yeah, because the, the, <laughs> the object of fear yeah. is whatever the greatest danger is, right? Like that's right. how we operate as human beings, right? right? We are afraid of the thing that is the most scary to us. Right. A gun is the most scary thing. It's not the right. human holding the gun to me. Right. It is the gun. Yeah. The fact that a gun is in play itself is yeah. the most terrifying thing to me. Right. If there is a dude <laughs> that dresses up in bondage gear right. and beats the crap out of people and specifically doesn't use guns, he is the object of my fear now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like there's it, it's one thing to go back and tell all your, you know, your your uh your fellow like crime friends that hey, you know, we lost this shootout with this guy. Yeah. Watch out, there's a dude out there. <laughs> And we had a shootout with him. Yeah. yeah. There's, and then there's another thing to say, well, we emptied our entire magazines at him, and he walked out in the hallway and beat our asses. I hit him in the chest with a shotgun, and then he killed Tommy. Yeah, exactly. I think he killed Tommy. I don't know. I just ran. Yeah. Uh, we're all in wheelchairs now, by the way. None of yes. us can walk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, that includes, I love the... Um, the Batmobile in this movie okay, is my favorite Batmobile entire, of all time. <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. I have an entire line item on my notes right now that's in all caps that just says the Batmobile. Dude, I it is the greatest introduction one. to that car ever. I want this one so bad. So much more than the Tumblr, so mm-hmm. much more than any of the Joel Schumacher ones, more than the 89 Batman. This is the Batmobile that I want. Just this muscle car that has had a jet engine shoved in the back, and it's like, F you. <laughs> Like, it's like <laughs> it's a reinforced armored car yeah. that has a jet engine in the back. And I guess the tumbler's that too. Yeah. But this one, there's something about this one that's just so raw and aggressive oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and just like in your face. And it's just like this, like when he's driving through and cars are hitting it and they're just bouncing off of it. It's just like <laughs> bam. Like and he's just getting F this and just jet hits the hits the jet engine and goes up the ramp. I was like, yeah. Yeah, like this is so good because he doesn't need. It's a Batmobile, and this is another thing that I like. It's a Batmobile mm-hmm. without the gadgets. It's right, just a battering ram with a jet engine on it. Like, yeah, 
Again, like it's people, another thing that's just supposed to scare you. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. <yeah. laughs> like, everything, and that's the thing we're talking about. Everything that Reeves did, Reeves did such a good job because everything that this Batman does yeah. is stacked. It's like a Jenga tower of fear. Like, he <laughs> yeah. builds it slow, and but it, the thing is, it's not wobbly. It's a solid Jenga tower of just mm-hmm. fear blocks that's just, like, he just, he puts one on every, like, one more on every day. Just mm-hmm. stacking it above like the villains of Gotham, where they're like, "Oh my gosh!" But that's the thing I like too, is that because he's got this weight of the Batman pressing down on like the regular criminal element of the city. Yep. That's what I like is that it shows this movie shows more than anything else. Like the other movies, they're like, "Oh, the villains, the Rogues Gallery is just there because they're there." This one shows the harder you push on the broader area, the lower area of crime, the more the the more the tougher they have to be to compete with you. Right. Which means the crazier they're gonna get. Mm-hmm. So that I think, be, through that force of action of the more pressure you put on the lower, like the lower, you know, cannon fodder, the true cream of the crop of psychopaths are going to rise to the top. I think that because they had that element, and I think that's another great way to explain why Gotham is the way it is, and especially if he gets to do another movie, why it will be the way it is. Right. I I like this as a as a departure from what the Dark Knight I feel like was trying to do. Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight. It, uh, if you like on the surface of their plans, the Joker's plan and the Riddler's plan can seem really similar. Um, but I think <laughs> the one in the Batman with the Riddler is much more dour because they're both trying to show Batman that like what he's trying to do as Batman is pointless because uh, people suck basically mm-hmm. is like the yep. moral of the story. They're the worst. Um, and where, where the Dark Knight turns is that oh, no, actually, you've underestimated people. They're not as bad as you think they are. In this movie, it's like, no, people are not, not only are they as bad as you think they are, most often they're worse, and so you should, you're crazy for continuing to do this. And and where the twist is, is like, this Batman, it's not so much that he believes in the in the spirit of people. It's more so that he feels that he has an obligation because of the position he's in to try to make a difference, right. even if he fails at it. And I think that's a it's a much more um, nihilistic perspective, but mm-hmm. it makes it it makes the character of Batman more noble and it's less about the, the the people of Gotham or human nature in general and it's more about this one person. So they're different different um things but i think they both work and i think this movie does it it does it really really well yeah um i and i also like that the riddler's goal was to try to um uh expose corruption because i think that it it allows him to be as sadistic as he needs to be and you don't you're not completely like not like not on board for what he's right. doing like you're kind of yeah. you're kind of oh he he's ki- doing something right a little bit i, I mean, guess he's killing <laughs> corrupt politicians so he can't be that bad Right. <laughs> is that what we've come to in society in America where we're like, Unfortunately, you start killing yeah. politicians? I'm like, I don't hate you. Yeah. Like, I yeah. wish you wouldn't do that, but also I'm not going to, like, be like, jail that man. Be right. Like, Slap what, him on the wrist. What did you think about Riddler in this movie? Loved him. Yeah. Loved it. That's what I'm talking about. That's the dark, sed- like, just sadistic yeah, level yeah, yeah. of the psychopathy that, like, I want in a Batman villain. I want my Batman villains to be scary. And that's been my complaint from superhero movies lately is that none of the villains have really been that scary outside right. of the Joker from The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> Marvel, I'm not afraid of Thanos. Right. I just go, you're a, megaloma- you're a megalomaniac that needs a hug. 
Yeah. Like you just need to you need a cup of coffee to sit down with somebody reasonable for about an hour. And I'm pretty sure I could convince him to be like, instead of killing half the galaxy, why don't you put more resources into keeping like the galaxy better? Yeah. Be like, oh, people would look much more favorably upon you with that. You know what I mean? I feel like I can talk Thanos onto my side. I can't talk the Riddler onto my side. Yeah. What you need to do with the Riddler is hit him in the head with a hammer until he's dead. Like, that's how, <laughs> that's yeah. what you need to do. He does not need to be a part of our society. He doesn't need right. to be part, to put his genetic, his genetic issue, like, out into our, like, out into, like, our, like, into our, the rest of us. He yeah. doesn't need to be part of us. He needs to be locked away in a tiny room with a little window or hit in the head with a brick, Texas style. I don't care. Like, yeah. he's just, but that's the thing is you need him to be so unhingedly terrifying mm-hmm. that it makes sense why the cops would be like, okay, we would like the Batman to come in and help us with this. Yeah, and I also like that there's not... Matt Reeves also doesn't seem to be as interested in, like, sort of the moral gray area no. uh, that might exist in a world in a, in a Gotham like this right. in the way that Christopher Nolan was. Uh, right. Christopher Nolan loved his villains to be like, well, they're not evil. They're just misunderstood in, right. in that way. And that's what I'm tired of. I'm right. tired of my <laughs> villains being misunderstood. Ultron, Thanos, yeah. I'm done. I'm done yeah. with it. I want someone truly terrifying. Like there needs to be, like I yeah. miss back in the day, and this just might be the way that my brain just gets locked into black and white thinking sometimes, but like I miss back when we were kids, the bad guys were bad. Yeah. They were truly bad. They were yeah. evil. And that's what made it great when the when the hero defeated them is because you're like, yes, yeah. it's the good triumphing over the evil, even though the good's also morally and ethically dubious because it's Batman. Yeah. Um, but like I missed that. I missed that. And that's I think what I really enjoyed is I was like, oh, the evil in this movie mm-hmm. is truly evil. Mm-hmm. And it really ramps it up. And I was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it I'm, also, it, you know. I, I'm one. It's funny because I'm watching this movie and I'm wondering. Because remember, if you if you'll remember, uh, uh, Jonah Hill was supposed to play the penguin in this movie. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, oh wait, no. About- maybe it wasn't penguin was the role. There, he was up for a role as a as a villain in this movie, but oh, he turned he? it down um, because it wasn't a great. Oswald it wasn't Hobbit enough. Pot. Yeah, it wasn't enough money for him. I'm trying to see. <laughs> Um, which I, you know, <laughs> Who I get. Who cares about, dude? You get to be in a Batman. I guess when you're Jonah Hill and you have, when you're friends and, with Martin, when you're friends with Martin Scorsese. Yeah, and to be fair, when you're a big Hollywood celebrity like that and you get put into a superhero movie, a lot of time you like get locked into that role for yeah. years. And True. I could see why he'd be like, "All right, if you're gonna do that to me, I'm gonna need more than ten million dollars or whatever fair it was." Um, let me see what role he was supposed to play. Um. Because he was supposed to play. I'm looking it up now. Uh, well, is it Jonah Hill? Here we go. Was attached to project that he was supposed to play? Variety. Uh, currently unknown. Um. Oh, I guess both characters were on the table for him. Either the Riddler or the Penguin. Oh, got it. And he turned down both of them. He would have been great at both. Yeah, I think he would have been. Um, I think he would have been a great penguin, honestly, especially after seeing the movie and uh, seeing what the penguin was asked to do in this movie. I yeah. think Jonah Hill would have been great at it because because oh, the awesome. penguin is not really a villain yet in this movie. He's no. more just sort of like a minor player. Yes. That um, and so I think uh, I think Jonah Hill would have done a good job in that role because he he kind of has the charisma that you kind of need for because really penguins the only source of 
like levity in this movie and there's not yeah. much there you no. know what i mean <laughs> no there's not there are not that many like that's why i love it like that's why i had like little moments where it's like no guns and he's like it's your rule not mine i'm like oh that got a laugh out of me because there's zero humor in this movie Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, another good Gordon line was, you know, I think it was in one of the later trailers when he goes, you could have pulled your punch, and he's like, I yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I was thinking about that line last night, and if you listen to Robert Pattinson's inflection, there's almost an apologetic tone to it, Yeah, where it's like, I did. Like, <laughs> yeah. he didn't realize, like, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I didn't realize I punched that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I, yeah, I think there was the, the... We, and we'll get back to the penguin in a second, but I think with the pull punch line, I think what this movie also did was it gave us a very good understanding of sort of the physical limits and rules of this Batman. Right. Um, I think they did a really good job of of establishing like how 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 strong he is and how effective a combatant he is versus how much he can take damage wise. Mm-hmm. I think all of that was laid out really well. Um, I agree. Because there yeah. were times when he's walking into like the um, when he was walking into the the club, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Dude, you're gonna get your butt kicked." Like, yeah. and I was a little worried. I'll be honest. I was a little worried for the Batman. Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. No, his limitations. I also like the fact that he wasn't just roided out. Yes, that he was just like he was a normal size guy person. That obviously, <laughs> works out. Yeah, but you know, yeah, that's his. You know, that's just his thing. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, and I and I think it, it's 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 good because it's not that he's, um, it's not that he's uh such a skilled combatant or like so strong or so whatever. It's more so that a he he is always a step ahead of everyone else, so he's thinking steps ahead, mm-hmm. even if he doesn't find himself in a position to be steps ahead. He's always right. thinking ahead, and then two, I think he. This Batman comes across as someone who really understands human behavior and always seems to catch people off guard with what he does. And I think that's that's his main advantage. His main advantage is like these other criminals and stuff like that, like especially like the gag where they keep opening the door at the club and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like they are just going about their lives and yep. in they're they're coming across Batman when they do. But Batman is always being Batman, so like yeah. he's always like prepared for what's coming next. Where so he can catch people off guard. Like he knows when he opens a door and he breezes past these guys or whatever. Like it's going to throw them off. Like he really understands. Like almost like a like someone who's like a magician, like a mentalist. Like he really understands like suggestibility and like what people are going to do and how they're going to react to him. So he's able to subvert that in ways that give him an advantage. You know, right. Yeah. I thought that was like a real a real cool thing. Like to see him go to the club a few different times and 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 exploit people's like predictable reactions, I thought was was really good. Oh yeah, dude. It was um, super cool. But yeah, um let's see what else uh what else did we think was cool? Oh yeah, let's get back to the penguin. So Colin Farrell. Yeah. How do you think he did? I think he did a great job, man. I was yeah. really excited to see him. Um I think he really just home and away, just knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Yeah. It was it was crazy to me that I was it felt like with the prosthetics I wasn't even watching Colin Farrell. Yeah. I felt like I was watching some actor that I've never heard of before. <laughs> right. And I was like, "Whoa, dude, like this is insane." Like, did you hear the story when they test drove the prosthetics what they did? No. They took him to Starbucks and had him just order stuff in Starbucks <laughs> just to see how fast it would pass and no one could tell the difference. Yeah. 
That's because so they, funny. And people were saying on set it looked so realistic that they would forget that it's Colin Farrell. Yeah. Like, that's, that's crazy. insane, dude. Uh, yeah. He um, did a great job. Oh, um, he's great. He's he's he great in everything. He disappeared in that character. Yeah. I want to see more of it. I want to see Robert Pattinson and Colin Farrell's Penguin mm-hmm. go uh, go after it. And I, I almost like that they're – it almost seemed like they're setting up – and it, it, well, they're obviously setting up Penguin. He's we know, we know now that he's getting a spinoff show on HBO, oh, yeah. which yeah. I'm excited for. I think that will be cool. Um, but it, it almost was like they're setting him up to kind of – until he becomes the Penguin, it's like they're kind of setting him up to – if they do a, a sequel to this Batman movie, like they're kind of setting him up to be kind of like – begrudgingly working with Batman, like mm-hmm. as like an informant kind of thing. Yeah. Like someone Batman can go to to kind of get a beat on the street. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I think that will be a cool dynamic um, if they continue that. Uh, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that would be, I think that'd be really cool. I do too. Um, um, Commissioner Gordon, he's, he's Detective Gordon, I think, in this now. Lieutenant. Lieutenant Gordon. Gordon, sorry. Yeah. Detective uh, Lieutenant James Gordon. Uh-huh. What'd you think? Uh, Jeffrey Wright's always good. Uh, there's Always. never a thing that Jeffrey Wright does that I'm not happy to watch him in. Mm-hmm. Even as Felix Leiter, CIA. I'm like, <laughs> yep, you don't really do much in those movies, but I yeah. don't care because you're so good. Yeah, he's now the Watcher in Marvel, too. Yes, the Watcher. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Jeffrey Wright voice. Yeah, <laughs> he's great. Um, he's great, yeah. I was going to talk about the scene where he's like, you know, where he's like, uh, this, the escape scene I thought was great. And then the, you know, the pull mm-hmm. your punches like line. And, <laughs> yeah. um, he just, they had a really good, like they did, he, Jeffrey Wright did a really good job of showing like, like Gordon's like, yes, this dude is new. He's insane, but he's really good and he can help us. And I'm going to utilize that because I'm going to use his, I'm going to utilize him as a tool just like he's using me. Yeah. And so that way, because it's not like a, it's not a partnership. No, not at all. They're not like partners. It's very much just. Like I don't a even br- think they like each other. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. But there's just this begrudging, like, I'll use you because it'll help me solve this case. And yeah. I know that by utilizing the Batman, this will get fixed faster and in a way that I can't necessarily go through channels because Gotham is so corrupt. Yeah, and and it comes across in their performance too because they uh, again they don't say any of this stuff explicitly and and kudos to um, Matt Reeves and and the performers but I I get a sense that they like they bonded over like their mutual like desire to try to like change this hopeless city. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Whereas, like, in The Dark Knight, like, that Commissioner Gordon is more like, he just seems to like Batman a lot. Yeah. They're like, friends, you know what I mean? Buddies, yeah, they're, they're buddies, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you got some mental health. Like, he's all right. He's a little nuts. Yeah, he's, he's, okay. he's all right. Hey, my friend Batman's coming, and all the cops are like, oh, man, uh, yeah. that guy's so weird. He's like, no, no, he's all right. He's all right. Yeah, because in the in the police community in this movie, Gordon is just as like they they're they're skeptical of Gordon almost as they are Batman, and yeah. I think that's kind of where they where they bond. It's like, look, people think we're crazy for trying to help this hopeless city, and that's fine by me. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do my job. I'm gonna go yeah. home with a smile on my face. You know what? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be hard some days, but at least I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. No, I like that. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about Catwoman. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Uh, she was what great. was your what was your impression? Yeah, you liked her. She was great. Yeah. She's, I don't think we've found my favorite iteration of Catwoman on screen yet, mm-hmm. but she's close. She's yeah. the closest we've come. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, she's the closest we've come to the Selena Kyle that I like. Mm-hmm. You know, that I've been in love with since I was a child. Um, yeah, it that character is so difficult. 
there's in my so opinion. Many different versions of her too. Yeah. And like more versions of her than Batman, you know? Yeah. Because everybody just makes up a new version to like fit whatever comic book line they're like doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. Um, yeah, but it's, um, you know, she was, I thought she was, I mean, Zoe Kravitz is always good. You know, yeah. like, what do I say about Zoe Kravitz? She did her job. She was really, really good. She brings a lot of good, good humanity to the role. Um, mm-hmm. I liked the backstory that she was Carmine. Fel- oh, yeah. By the way, if you're still listening. Yeah. And spoilers. <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure I put, uh, I'll, I'll do a little spoiler bumper at the beginning of this. Before, yeah, yeah. please. Um, I know it's a little late, guys. We're an hour and something in. But, yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think that it was. I like. I love that character detail. I like the fact that um, Batman used her just like a tool, you know. Yeah. Like, and I like the fact that she she was like, you know, he has his own goals, but she has her own goals too. Mm-hmm. And like, he's like, "Where are you going?" She's like, "I told you, I'm here to find my friend. I'm not here to help you." <laughs> right. Like, I was like, "That's cool. I like yeah. that a lot." Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was good. I mean, I liked. I mean, she she was Catwoman, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing more. Nothing less. She was mm-hmm. Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I think she was actually better. I think she was more Selena Kyle than she was Catwoman. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that was important because you need a character that like exists in the real world that isn't mm-hmm. one of these like you know isn't Batman or isn't the Riddler or isn't Pink. Like you need a a human being in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and and she was like the one to carry a lot of that, which I thought was good. Um, what about Alfred? So good. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. so good. I wish we had spent more time with him. But, yeah, but I understand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. Hopefully, we'll get some more time with him with the next one if Matt Reeves makes the next one. I think so. But I would. I loved him. I thought it was great. Um, I liked the fact that they went the route of the uh, the former like British intelligence officer turned butler mm-hmm. route, which is always one of my favorite Alfred Pennyworth sort of backstories. Um, like especially in the I forget which one it is. It might be the Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. When uh, Scarecrow, like a modified Scarecrow, like sneaks into Wayne Manor, and what Alfred gives him a little bit what's for before he gets his ass handed to him. Mm-hmm. There's a little. It's like it's what is Batman finds him and he's got like a a musket. And he's just like, did you shoot him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yep. That's funny. Yeah. No, I like this version of the character better. Yeah. I like I like that. It it feels a little bit more modern. Mm-hmm. Um. For him to have more of that background, because he does seem like someone, especially because Thomas Wayne was like a political figure in this in this universe, like he seems like the who would someone who would have been the head of security for yes. Thomas Wayne, yes. and then kind of after their deaths, kind of became more of a father figure to Bruce. Right. Um, well, that's and I like that says. version. He was yeah. saying that it was my job to protect them, and I failed. Right. So he was. So I think this version of Alfred was he was the head of the Wayne security. Yep. And then now he's relegated himself to the butler. Because he's like, I failed, so it's penance. He's like, I have to stay with the Wayne family in order to serve them to make sure that nothing happens to Bruce in order. Because I'm still, I'm still the security detail. Just now, we're a little bit. My role has become a little bit more modified. Yeah, I like that. I think it's a good take on the character. It's a, it's a fresh take. Um, I like a younger, a younger um, uh, Alfred. I think a younger, more capable Alfred is always fun. Yeah. Um, he took that explosion to the face like a champ. Boy, howdy, did he? <laughs> I was like, oh my. And I, I, for a second, I thought he was dead. I was like, wow, they I really did too. I was like, they, they just killed, killed him. Al- they killed Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, literally in my head, I was like, boo. Yeah. Boo. I don't like yeah. that move at all. And then we get to the hospital. I was like, oh, okay, good, good, good. Yeah. good. We're not making stupid decisions. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
cool. I mean, uh, I mean, we're in like sort of the final stretch here. Yeah. Is there anything else specifically plot wise about the movie you wanted to talk about? Well, or my notes real quick. Okay. Oh, the Joker. Oh yes. Nod. Uh, yeah. Was <laughs> yeah. just the largest smile on my face. Yeah. And because it's different, I thought they were gonna put like. Um, Jared Leto's Joker in there. That's what I thought it was at first. And I was like, yeah. okay, like it's whatever, but like I get it. Like, blah. and then I saw that it was something completely different with the scarred face and everything. And I was like, yeah, oh, I like this. Even and if that, we never yeah. meet this version of the Joker, I like this. Like, what if we only meet this version of the Joker in Arkham? That'd be great. Talking to the <laughs> other villains. Yeah, that'd which, be great. Which would be awesome. Yeah. So that Joker was great. Um, so I have a hopeful Batman trilogy that I would like to see Matt Reeves do. Okay. Let's see. What is so it? So we have the Batman, first and foremost. Okay. Next movie up, obviously this would modify from the Joker, but um, this could pull the Joker, but I think Matt Reeves has the stones and the talent to pull off the killing joke, mm-hmm. which would be great to see in this sort of style of movie, in this like um, setting, this version of Gotham. Mm-hmm. with this Batman, I think would be really cool and very impactful. Um, and then Matt Reeves has also expressed uh, if he gets to do another one, he would like to do Hush, which I would freak, freak out yeah. if he did it because that's one of my personal favorite storylines of all time. Yeah. So what is the, what's, the Hush, what's the Hush storyline so, for those who don't know? Uh, for those who don't know, Hush is a villain that has, it's a plastic surgery that starts slowly dismantling Bruce's life through like he brings up the fact that Jason Todd is dead. He brings yeah. up like he tries to torment him from the grave. Um, and the the whole meanwhile, it's more of a detective story. It's more yeah. of Batman trying to figure out who this person is and who this individual is. Like this uh-huh. individual um, create it, it. He. Um, he gets Clayface to work for him. He gets the Riddler to work for him. He gets all the Batman's rogues gallons to start gallery to kind of help him tear Batman down because he knows who Batman is. Yeah, and he's somebody from Bruce's past. Yeah, and, and doesn't so, he doesn't he like change his face to look mm-hmm. like Bruce Wayne? Mm-hmm. At yeah, one point okay. later in the comic books, he does. Yeah. And he impersonates Bruce Wayne. So that's what I love about Hush is that he can mold his face into whatever uh-huh. he wants to be to look like whoever. And so yeah. Andy's got some some big like uh, he's got a really big he's from you know Batman's past and he's got a r- lot of like connection there and then mm-hmm. Selena Kyle's in the mix a little bit you get a little bit of action with like Superman and Poison Ivy and Metropolis if mm-hmm. you wanted to go that route and so there's a lot of real good options that you could you could play with in Hush that I think Matt Reeves would be really really good because it is a Batman you're in Batman's head the entire time mm-hmm. the entire time in Hush so it is that detective noir kind of like the city sleeps again you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you know kind of thing where you'd have a lot of good basically what you did in this movie but you'd be able to do it again and not a carbon copy but it's it still fits that matt reeves style batman kind of oeuvre mm-hmm. so i yeah. would love to see him do hush yeah that's that a sounds real great. shut up and take my money situation <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> yeah no that sounds great um but you also get the bat family involved huntress is around too yeah so you get some, you get, you can, I mean, you don't have to introduce Huntress. You could do the whole story without her, but mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot of players in the, in the hush kind of game that would make it kind of fun. I think, especially if he did it as the end of his trilogy, because then mm-hmm. you could introduce some of these characters in the, in the mid movie, which mm-hmm. I think would be kind of fun. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, some things I would like to see from the future of this franchise. Uh, I would love to see a Robin um, mm-hmm. in this universe. This and, would be a uh, real great universe for Dick Grayson to come out and become Nightwing. 
Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Robert Pattinson said he would love to do Robin as well, but he said he would only do it if Robin was like a kid, which mm-hmm. is is great. You, that, <laughs> we we haven't seen Kid point, Robin man. yet. Like, yeah, that's exactly. the best part. Yeah, is watching this little kid just be like put in these horrifically dire situations with <laughs> yeah. by a man who's dressed like yeah. a freaking bat. Yeah. Uh, I could see. I could totally see a thing where like. I could see them doing like an Arkham, um, oh, what is it? I think it's Arkham, not Arkham City, which is the one where in one of the games, I think it's the first Arkham game, like Bruce Wayne gets sent to Arkham mm-hmm. and, and, and it's out. like a prison break game. I yeah. could see them doing uh, that in, in a future movie. Maybe not the whole movie, but cool. like that could be a sequence, especially now that they've one- introduced Arkham. There's cool. also a, a moment where Bruce Wayne's identity gets revealed and he actually has to go to jail. Yeah. And so he ends up having to break out of like live in jail for a while and break out of it as well. Yeah. Which would be kind of fun. That'd be really cool to see an Arkham movie that we know the the Joker or at least the guy who will become the Joker is in there as well. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool. And maybe that could be the impetus for like uh, a hush thing down the line. There's, mm-hmm. there's so many different options. Um, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. I'm into, I mean, I'm Matt into Reeves, all if you're listening, that. please just do hush. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Just make this little boy's dream come true and just do Hush, please. I've wanted it since I since it came out. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about um, uh, Mr. Freeze would be a cool villain in this oh universe. Oh, God, Mr. I think Freeze so too. in this universe yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that'd be campy. crazy. Yeah, totally. Ice. Yeah, yeah. I can, to yeah, I can totally off. just imagine like a guy who... Yeah, I mean, you do Mr. Freeze. He's a guy who's basically like addicted to this drug that reduces his pain level that keeps him his body temperature cold and but introduces dead wife wreaking vengeance on the city that took his wife like i could see that being really cool i think Um, that's great yeah cryo freezes you gotta have the dead cryo frozen wife like that's just that's a standard uh, thing your audio cut out derek oh did it oh my bad hold on can you hear me say something can you hear me I can hear you now. Okay, cool. Sorry, your audio cut out. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, if you have Mr. Freezer in, you got to have the dead wife in a cryo yeah. chamber. Like, For you sure. just have to. Because yeah. that's the whole, that's the whole, that's like, but that's the thing I like about Mr. Freeze is his whole humanity is tied up into the loyalty of his wife, who mm-hmm. probably is dead and won't find a cure, but he's like, no, I'm still going to do this and, you know, try and do it anyway. So that, that would have been a great Nolan villain. Mm-hmm. For the humanity, I would like to see how terrifying Matt Reeves can make Mr. Freeze. Right. Because now yeah. that I've seen how scary the Joker can be on film, which is mm-hmm. exactly how scary he should be all the time, mm-hmm. um, I want to see Matt Reeves make everything just as scary as possible. Like, imagine Mr. Freeze as a, like, scientist who's gone mad, who is ne- who's got his wife's body frozen because he hopes to be able to, like, mm-hmm. reanimate her one day. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, kidnapping citizens of Gotham to experiment by freezing them and unfreezing them and doing all that kinds of stuff. Yep. And Batman's like, what? And then he starts, like, maybe he starts robbing banks to, like, fund his research and all he's kinds of a, stuff. You give his gun, give him a liquid nitrogen gun. Yeah, Exactly. Mm-hmm. That'd be sick. I think it'd be, be really awesome. cool. Yeah, a super soaker filled with li- liquid nitrogen would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, a water gun filled with ice water would be great. Would be great, uh, Mister Freeze. <laughs> 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 Ow, that was chilly. Yeah, give me your uh, money. No, I was not expecting that. It was very cold. <laughs> <laughs> give me your money. No, you're just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm wet. Yeah. <laughs> Security, can we get this man removed, please? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I just want it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My wife. My wife. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm totally looking forward to the future of this um, universe. I think they've they've got something here with Robert Pattinson that I think it's uh, magic. Will, will do really well. Yeah. It's magic, dude. It's gold. It's that it's that thing. I I wanted I needed to check in with um <clears throat> I need to check in with AJ during the movie just to see how she was doing. And uh, in that first, you know, opening sequence, I just sent her a text. She's like, how are you? And I was like, I'm 30 minutes into this movie, and it's my favorite Batman movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't realize that I was, it, like I said, it was the movie that I always knew I wanted, but I never knew I needed. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, it was so good. Yeah. And I'm so looking forward good. to seeing how the character evolves as Batman. Like, yes. as he starts to, like, exist in the role longer of Batman, mm-hmm. like... How his gadgets upgrade and stuff like that. I think that'll be oh, really yeah. cool. I like the direction the gadgets are going too, and I like the fact that he just has one, one batarang yep. on the chest, just one yep. big one that he's like, "Yep, <laughs> like yes, it's a duel, it's a knife. You can throw uh-huh. it. You can use it in hand to hand combat." I'm like, that would be the multi purpose. Like if Batman had to have one tool, it'd be a multi purpose tool that he can do everything with. Right. It's like yeah, it's like a multi tool, like a military multi tool. It's like yeah. it's of a his own sharp. Design. Yeah, it's a sharp thing. Do what you need to do <laughs> that with you it. You can you know? throw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Totally. I love that he has the electric gauntlets. I thought that's a cool a cool addition for this version great, of the character. I, that would be that would be something that if you're gonna start out as a vigilante, like I would try to figure out ways to get taser technology into my suit. Hundred percent. Just make the fights a little bit easier. I will say this. I'm gonna give a shout out to one person real quick. Okay. Um and I know I don't normally do shout outs, but I'm gonna give a shout out to the random dude that was talking when I was leaving the theater that said that this was the most underwhelming Batman movie <laughs> and the biggest downgrade of any movie he's ever seen. And uh-huh. I snorted so loud he stared at me and I just looked at him and I was like, Look, man, everybody's got their own opinions, but you're wrong. Yeah. Totally. Shout out to that dude and his yeah. his lack of Batman knowledge. <laughs> totally. And I asked him too on the parting shot, I was like, Who's your favorite Batfleck? And he goes, Yeah. And I was like, ah. Yeah. Ah, that's what, that's why we have nothing more to talk about. You, sir, have a good night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will hopefully see you never. Yeah. All right, man. Um, I got to wrap things up here on my end. Um, so do I. This, this was great. I really enjoyed the movie. So uh, big thumbs up to the movie. Absolutely. Oh, dude, as many thumbs as I can give it. Absolutely with a bullet. The first thing I thought of the minute I the bit before it was even over when it was still on the stadium scene and he was flying around, I was like, I'm gonna buy this movie. Yeah. Like I'm going to physic buy a physical copy of this movie because I need to be able to watch it whenever I want. A thousand percent. I totally agree. Derek, um, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Derek underscore nickel on the Twitter and at Cinephile84 on Instagram. Great. You can find uh, me on uh, social media at Asan the DJ, at A-H-S-O-H-N the DJ. You can find uh, episodes of this podcast and more at weeklyregular.com and at weeklyregular wherever you find your other podcasts. Um, and you can check out my other podcasts, um, Carl Calls His Cousin and uh, Never Heard of Him, which comes out in April. Those will be both be at patreon.com slash theflagrantones. Uh, Derek, thank you so much. I'll catch you on the next episode and we'll see you all next week. Glad to be back.